I'm Lindsay. And this is episode 26 of Ningyo Bingo. Where you keep collecting dolls. But you never seem to win the game. And we never seem to release our episodes on time. It's... Well, at least we release them eventually. You'll know that they'll come by like a dream in the night. Not quite predictably, but welcome, hopefully, all the same. Uh, yeah, true, true. Um, so Can you tell I've been running a lot of D&D recently? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually just, again, in the same meat space as Lindsay. We, we got to run a session. Um, it was so cool, I've never run D&D for Becca before, and I got to run D&D for Becca, playing sort of like an AU version of myself in a way. Uh, I so guess that we, was weird. In case people don't know, that's Dungeons and Dragons. Lindsay, however... Not- <laughs> did That's Satan's game. Yeah. Uh, many, many moons ago, ran for us Vampire of the Masquerade by Whiteful. Oh, I love Vampire of the Masquerade! <laughs> yeah. I got, I got changing book. I got a new role-playing book recently. I'm, wait, it's around oh, the other Steve. side of the room, so I'm trying not Steve. to ruin my audio. Uh, I can't read from here. Give me a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, while Becca is walking away, and this is very likely to be actually edited out. Oh, there, that was very short. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, it's called, (laughs) it's called Clockwork Dominion, and this was when we went to, uh, PAX, which we saw each other briefly in the dealer's room, and then she left, like, like a dream, also. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I had, um, gone with a friend of mine who is a little bit sensitive to sound. Mm Mm-hmm. And had needed a break and had been taking a break and then needed a break again. <laughs> the, but, um, it got, it, the, the, the first day, the Friday, it was pretty chill. Saturday started to get almost very uncomfortable. And then Sunday was a little bit more chill again. So, yeah. Makes sense to me, considering the type of con it is. I a think, lot of people only doing the one day. Yes, yeah, so this was Pax and Plugged in Philly. Um, and I feel like... I feel like this, uh, it's going to get to be a bigger con. I feel, I, I feel like they're going to start to take up more of that convention center, hopefully, and they won't try to hopefully fit more things within that same space. Uh, instead, because oh, they didn't take over the entirety of the convention center, to my understanding. No, no. There was... I have rarely been inside of that convention center, but I do know we weren't in more than half of wow. the space. So they have a lot of room to grow, which is great. Oh, yeah, they made a very excellent choice, really. Though I don't often think of Philadelphia as a large convention, nerd convention town. No, not at all. a small nerd convention town. Yes. As opposed to the other very large nerd (laughs) convention town being uh, New York City, very much known for Comic-Con. And also, um, no, this is still New York Comic-Con. It's just Comic-Con. Or is there a new anime one? I can never remember if they're the same, if they're different. They no, used to be different. It and then it. one died, and one took over, like, a strange evolutionary, like, example. Yeah, no. I, the, the, so there used to be Big Apple Anime Festival, which used to be a thing. But, right. I, and I'm not sure if it was that one or another one that came and tried and failed that was then nommed by New York Comic Con. Um, which then has become quite a thing in the Javis Center. Yeah, but um, now we have a different thing going on that's anime-related in the Javits Center. 
which is Anime NYC, uh, highly sponsored by Crunchyroll. Highly sponsored. I mean, overtly and obviously sponsored by Crunchyroll to the point where I think, yeah, if you were a Crunchyroll member, uh, you did actually get a few dollars off if you were a premium member, paying member to Crunchyroll. You actually got some dollars oh, off of your wow. of your convention ticket. So, yeah. I hadn't been aware that it was an industry-created con as opposed to a fan-created con, which both have very different feelings to them. Yes. Uh, also, this is absolutely the subject of our, our of our topic today. It is because, as you might be able to tell, Becca went to New York. Wait, anime, anime, and oh, gosh, I'm already mix, mixing up the order of the words in the title. I, I did this when I did my interview with Danny at the end, and I will forever like remember him trying to correct me at the end as I jumbled all my things. So, oh no. <laughs> Don't worry. Everything is fine. This is just you and me, not somebody that like makes much more money than us. This is fair. This is fair. Mm. Or maybe he doesn't make that much money and it's all like kind Passion. of even even. I mean like I I hope he makes some amount of living off of the hobby that has very low overhead that is ours. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I don't expect like I don't expect that he's crazy rich, but I also hope that he gets more than I do. <laughs> yeah, more than me at for, the very least. For being um, some sort of business owner. Like, some businesses, yeah. like, like, like the average restaurant, you don't get that much. If you're a famous restaurant, maybe. But Exactly. Yeah. And restauranting is a hard business, but... You had the opportunity to have some interesting conversations and adventures while you were at Anime NYC. Yes. And I unfortunately could not join you due to a variety of reasons that also relate to the just momentary conversation we just had about money. But- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, for whatever reason, and I think we shall discuss this in a, a separate podcast, uh, we wanted to talk, have like a little project journal. I was possessed by the news of Crunchyroll Hime. Now, what is Crunchyroll Hime? Crunchyroll Hime is Crunchyroll's mascot that was uh, designed in a, a fan-sourced contest. Um, Crunchyroll Hime has all of the best, worst parts of anime tropes put into one design, and somehow it all feels cohesive. I think mostly it's because the color palette is like a nice spread of oranges yeah yeah so so she totally has like super sentai like boots serafuku like uh skirt and oversized obi with bows in the front and the back that doesn't happen on obis um that's a fascinating nodding situation yeah it's just like it's so animu over the top like over designed it hurts but then it just all works together then the top is kind of like a ninja cuckoo kind of thing because it's like hmm. a sleeveless kimono kind of thing like so it's, it feels kind of ninja-y um then she has a longer wrist thing on one hand a, just a wristband on the other a bow <laughs> on it's not done yet a bow on the top of her head that represents kind of like fox ears because it's just a bow and like the two points kind of point up and then her ponytail 
fades from orange into white to represent a foxtail because she is a fox spirit, but BT dubs. Wow, so I'm flashing back to 1990 on fanfiction.net. It is, but somehow it works. I don't I understand. I mean, it is appropriate. <laughs> Considering the company in question, I suppose everything about this just continues to reinforce the theme. Yeah, yeah. So, I, um... I I made this outfit and for for a doll and and painted her face as a Dolphy Dream. Uh so so it's one of my first character driven Dolphy Dreams rather than just me trying to kind of make something out of my something. own imagination and see how it it ends up being shaped in things. Um Right, yeah. And I said, "Huh, so I'm going to this big thing and unfortunately my panels didn't get in, but I want Crunchyroll Senpai to notice me, so <laughs> I kind of like this design, and I dig her. Like, she's very kind of a happy, excitable, kind of, like, sprightly it's, thing. It's cute. It's, like, cheerful in a way that matches the colors of orange it uses. Yeah, and, like, uh, in canon, she's, like, super into Hatsune Miku, calls her her girlfriend. It's so- that is amazing, and I love it. Also, it reminds me of a moment we had in class the other day, but that is a whole tangent I'd end up on. Uh, yeah, it, I even managed to get uh, not not only pictures taken with her and a Hatsune Miku cosplayer, but I also managed to get a picture with who, her and the Hatsune Miku... Uh, there we go, the Hatsune Miku... Um, Dolphy uh, Dream? Dolphy Dream, because... Oh my god, I did not realize that was that, that was why you had taken a specific picture. Like, well, that seems cute, said me, who wasn't know anything of the intricate backstory of this mascot for a company. Mm. Yeah, so it's really cute. So she, uh, she's totally, totally super into Hatsune Miku, and somewhere in my pictures, I, eventually I'm hoping to make this, um, I, I think I already pictured took the picture of Hatsune Miku cosplayer and uh, Crunchyroll Hime, and I put it on the uh, Facebook. Uh, so it's somewhere there. But I wanted to show Lindsay the again. The highlight that the audience doesn't get to see that I am as you. Oh, you took a picture with a friend of mine. Ah, um, There we go. Not um, this person individual, but we passed a picture of someone who I actually definitely know. Oh, cool. Um, so eventually, <laughs> Which I was wondering what happened. Eventually, I'd I like am, to edit this up for YouTube so you guys can enjoy some of the pictures. But and what what you did not get to see was the many close up detail images of various uh, autom- near automata. Oh yes. references. Would you like that also are in here? Oh, go back, go back. Would you like to talk about the uh, the 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 Volks booth then? Well, we were going, we, well, let's stick to the current tangent, is that you had her with you, and you were kind of obsessed with trying to create this character, and you wanted Crunchyroll Senpai to notice you. And I am proud to say that I had a very, very minor role in helping bring the whole thing together. Because you had to do a few interesting things to make something so desperate on one project come together. Yeah. Even before you got to the convention, this was something you were doing for months. If I recall correctly. Yes, and, and in, in our usual circle of enabling, um, I gave <sighs> Lindsay a, a little bit of fiscal help on a, a dream doll that was suddenly available. 
And in return, she was, for the year, contractually obligated to help me with <laughs> cosplay things. And I am absolutely okay with that and would do it without being contractually obligated, to be clear. <laughs> I'll do that anyway. I believe at some point we used the phrase, the contract is sealed and what do you need, my master, um, also pop at least once during the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I feel like you're already I we're I'm already obligated. We have lived in the same close quarters for quite a while at some point in our lives. So I, I suppose, I suppose, but um, it it certainly made you know other plans that weekend seem less important. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as we'll go more into in our uh, we'll do a full episode on this project journal, um. Uh, in any case, there's this repeating design on um, the Crunchyroll Hime's outfit that is very... Because I was the person who had to try to interpret this piece of repeating pattern into an actual pattern, it's really... I'm trying not to say the word ridiculous, um... But it was ridiculous. It it doesn't. It's a chrysanthemum, but it's also a spirograph, but it's also not either. Yeah, it feels it feels like a spirograph. It definitely does. It's I know kind of exactly how the original artist probably did it, but it was hard to replicate in a way that looks symmetrical because it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, nor did it need to be. It, it functioned just fine. So. Uh, with this, I day one, first thing I did was pop into the showroom, and immediately in the showroom, uh, there is a pit of bananas. Um, For those uninitiated, these are banana plushies that are also cat plushies. The cat coming out of the banana peel. There's also a series of 12 short form uh, cartoons on uh, Crunchyroll about this creature and what was this pile of plush for it was it was a swimming pool of banana you got to wait so wait wait you mean you they had a ball pit in which they had taken replaced the balls on the ball pit with plushies that is correct well then yeah and so so um them seeing that i had crunchy roll he may Got super stoked, and I was able to put my ball, my doll into the pit, take a picture with her, just her with that, which got uh, retweeted on the the, the Crunchyroll uh, Twitter. Twitter, and then I was able to get into the pit as well and sit on the lovely soft, squishy cat bananas that were so appealing to me, and just take a few moments and enjoy my time there. A bucket list item achieved. Yeah, I have actually seen it a few times on social media, and it was quite fun. So, yeah, in this photo, you can actually kind of see the back of the pool. <laughs> so, uh, how how deep was this pool of plushes? Not terribly deep. Maybe... Three, I would imagine not. Maybe three foot. So, it's, uh, uh, if you see in the photos, and if you guys ever look at any of the banana pit photos, uh, they actually have some foam... Uh, squares that they put in the bottom of it in order to prevent you from like hitting, hitting the bottom and also so they don't have to fill the whole dang pit um, with banana. A uh, classic move in any sort of product photography. 
right. fill the bottom of the thing with a non-actual thing and then put on top of thing actual thing. Yes, um, but for this reason they said you must step into the banana pit. Afterwards, you can thrash about as you please. Um, <laughs> because if you jump in... <laughs> you may in, thrash, but after entering. Because if you jump in and you happen to hit the... Uh, your foot happens to hit the space in between two of the pads, it would be bad. It would hurt. Yeah. You mentioned floors are solid concrete. It is no fun. Yes. But things seem to be really stoked, which is very exciting. Yes. And kind of a nice moment of, like, hobby crossing over with, like, other hobbies and... Sort of how delightful just seeing something that you've dreamed out come into reality is. Yes, and everybody was quite stoked, and I, I and I took I took several photos with Crunchyroll Hime uh, around uh, Crunchyroll iconography, which was very fun. Um, so I got to take a few cool pictures. Let's see, there was at least one more. Here we go. Yeah. So it was very, very fun, and everybody was very excited, um, and it was it very cool. It sort of cool. acted as a physical gateway into allowing yourself to insert yourself and interact with something that is normally not touchable, like a company or a sort of uh, media presentation. Yeah. That being said, two days later on Sunday, I went to the banana pit, and I went with uh, Maya, my resin doll who was distinctly not Crunchyroll Hime, and they said, no, you can't take that into the pit with you to take pictures with. Well, also, she is much heavier, but it is interesting to see how that changed the tone. Absolutely changed the tone. I'm like, um, I did this two days ago with a doll, and they're like, no, you can't take it in. Interesting. Mm. There was a few moments of me, like, feeling angry. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm going to go enjoy this pit without a doll now. So then I just thrashed around and dropped into a pit. And they took, like, sequence photos of me flopping around in this pit. And I, like, buried myself in cat bananas. And it was, and thus it was glorious. Yeah, no, it, but... it was still very good. Very, very good. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's that sort of, like, once it was no longer an object to which they had any direct relation, it was a different relationship to the object, you know? Yeah! Like... It was just, boop, done. Um, only oh. one, everybody... There was a decent amount of people that, like, recognized Crunchyroll Hime. Um, only one person kind of recognized, as usual, my, uh, lovely Muko cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a widely known, uh, series over here. It's so, so sad. It needs to be. It's so good. <laughs> there are many good things that the general populace refuses to acknowledge as good. That is true. It is a sad truth of the reality of the world, but I'm glad that you had that a good initial experience and that it, it is an interesting um, example of how context really changes objects and how people react to them and how friendly they are towards them. But you also had some other adventures on the floor that were of the BJD type because we had two big companies that were representing representing themselves there. And I don't know if the third that I'm thinking of, the um like how many ball jointed doll people were there? Um you know, I found a bunch as I was going through. In fact, I can name a few that I took pictures of or with and uh we posted on our facebook 
And of course this thing gets off of my page, right? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Be be that way, Facebook. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so we got at pull-up underscore no underscore Tamashi with two eyes on Instagram. Let me pose with their dollies with Crunchyroll Hime. Um, we had uh, Takoyaki snapped on Instagram. Also, uh, let me take a picture of their dolly. Um, and there was one other gal that I, I don't think I got their name, but, um, I, I took a picture with them as well and it was very, very cute. And, and, and I actually found a gentleman and with, with, a one of the, 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 the smart dolls. And I said, Oh, hi, oh, wow. I did an interview last year and they're like, Oh, I listened to it. And I'm like, <gasps> wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I did not hear about you talking to person who listened to us do things. Yeah, no. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> I don't it's remember like, if I said that is exactly. It, is it all right to reverse fan over somebody when it's like, you listened <laughs> so- to the thing I did? Uh I love you now. <laughs> I was able to direct him to some other episodes we had done also uh, regarding the vinyl industry and and those things. So Right. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so uh, uh, some people actually listen to our... our um, interview stuff. Yes. but um, and, and once again, I apologize. That was not the mi- right microphone for the job, but, you know... <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you listen to some interviews that happen on, you know, the internet or on the podcast, uh, on the televisions, wow, I can talk today. Like, not all of them sound good, and what really matters is who you're talking to and the conversation you have, as long as it's legible. I still think that the content of that interview is gold. I actually re-listened it to it. It is very good. Yeah, before going back out, which, uh, why don't we, why don't we talk about, well, let's talk about the Volks booth first. Um, so, yeah. So, so here, like, what Lindsay, com- did who, you... let's give our audience a sense of who was there. Yes. What companies were there? So, dollar-wise, there was really only two companies there. It was Volks booth and Danny Chu booth. Um, we can kind also of... Also known as Smart Doll. Yes. <laughs> um, and also known as Good Good Smile Company, is it? Yes, Good Smile Company. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, are you able to see my screen at the moment? BT does? Yes. Okay. So, the Volks booth, um, was described as being a Dolphy Dream pop-up shop. Um, so on this, uh, booth, they had around the backside many, many posters, um, kind of showing all their girls, uh, both limited ones, uh, cool artsy candid shots, and um, even some of their uh, regular edition dolls. Uh, Once you got around the back of the booth facade, you got into the Dolphy Dream pop-up shop, which was a lot of clothes and basically every single Dolphy Dream piece uh, you could need for the main body. Um, Oh, wow. That is rare to see outside of Doll Point. Yeah, no, super, super cool. Uh, they had a special setup uh, for uh, the the Nier Automata cool uh, setup um, with 9S and 2B. Um, mm-hmm. And they also had a setup with uh, Luka and um, Tatsune Miku um, on a special light-up pedestals. Um, 
So there, there they was... really know how to display their dolls well. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you though, taking pictures on light up pedestals. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Uh, yeah, no, like, whoa, they, they made those things specifically hard to picture. I think that was like part of their plans. Like, like all the 9S and 2B were all front lit and everything like that. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Luca and uh, uh, Hatsune Miku are just impossible to take pictures of. Everything was heavily shadowed from below. You couldn't, like, unless you had some serious photography equipment in a bounce, you weren't getting any light on their faces in a meaningful way. Right. You had to kind of lean into the underlighting. Mm-hmm. Not much I could do there. And then your camera wants to focus on what's, like, bright and not what's on dark and yeah if you're working with an autofocus then things get really silly and phones tend to have rather rudimentary um prioritization on their autofocuses sometimes all sorts of things happen but sometimes they'll like self do like a i think we talked about this on another episode they'll self do like a a double photo in a way and they kind of like splice the two together yeah do what's considered an hd um composite right exactly and it kind of goes hey here's my highs here's my lows and then i'm gonna just do it all together and it's really smash and i mean like it works but it's not smash yeah yeah um but the the dolphy dream pop-up shop had a lot of outfits that had been uh not that had been discontinued or anything but just ones that were like in stock and available and cute care items and things i uh i picked up one interesting item which i'm so so about um it was designed for the oh what did you pick up it was designed for the dolphy dream head and it was uh was this like foam piece and these eye backers so the idea is it creates a round back to the dolphy dream eye so that it's like a creates almost like a complete sphere for the eye and then and then the foam kind of tenses it into the head so that you're then able to shift the eye left and right without it being adhered into the doll interesting so they were like trying to pull a slight blith-esque movement yeah now i've seen on the on the third party market i've seen better applications of this with actual like spring tension and things like that where like you push back the spring tension is released you pull you you shift the eye, you let it shift forward, and then the spring right. tension is brought back onto the uh, the eye again. Um, this is an interesting way to do it, but I don't know. I still feel like it might just be how my doll's painted, which is my fault because I painted her, or maybe it's the eyes, but it still doesn't feel like it brought much life or interest to it. I mean, it might be interesting to, to move the, the, the eyes about a little bit more, but... Meh. May also depend on the size of eye that you're using with it, and all sorts of various um, variables. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think I move eyes that much. And if I did, I think I would probably prefer the other mechanism, uh, just because yeah. it feels like it'll be a little bit more exacting. But even like on the uh, third-party ones, they include a little stylus where you can poke in on the eye and not leave smudges. Oh, that's very With cool. a little kind of rubber tip, almost like, you know, like the, the smart device kind of things. Probably a is smaller. a smart device. Right, it's thing. basically that that idea. Um, and that's how they work on that. Um, right. I, after, my, my sister successfully got enabled into buying the 
<laughs> body she was waiting on, which is a mini dolphin dream body, which they sadly don't right. have males of. She's trying to work on a cool kid Gilgamesh, for those of you into the fate go. Um, and uh, so she got that. And then I made my my Hanukkah shopping so much easier because I just went over and bought like accessories and I'm like, well, you're going to need fist hands for this, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, because you're going to be all like fighty and stuff. And yeah. Well, isn't that the benefit of when someone enters into a hobby and you're shopping for them and that you know they're new in the hobby, then you can bring to bear all that you know about it. Yes. And find actually useful things that are relevant to their actual interests. I feel... I feel a little silly at the moment because I'm like, mm, but the Dolphy Dream F to the F cubed. I'm going to call it F cubed. I'm deciding. That's what I'm calling it. F cubed. It, it has the small three. Okay, it's the fourth version of it, but they call it F to the third because it's supposed to be three different uh, functionality. Um, I forgot. Oh, it's one of those sort of acronyms. Yeah, but they, they use the small three, which is what you use for cube. And I'm just going to call it F cubed. That's fine. Yes. I mean, I'm sure if I looked up... I officially give you allowance in English to call it that. Yeah. I forget. It it has each of the things of letter, and I don't know. Either way. In any case, um, what is interesting to me about the images you're showing me of the pop-up shop is it looks almost exactly how they set it up when you're at Dolpa. Yeah, I mean, I only had one experience with Adalpa, and that was uh, U.S. United States, New York Yeah, and, and they, didn't, they didn't have a lot of room to hang things up there, per se. They instead um, they instead laid a lot of items on tables. And it was also very much more Dolphy-driven than Dolphy-dream-driven because of Well, Dolphy-dream wasn't nearly as large at the time. Mm. Or even existent, perhaps. No, no, it definitely, definitely existed, um, but I think they're they're doing a strong push now uh, overseas and in the states and even in Japan towards these dolls, as proven by going, "Hey, Square Enix, look at our cool thing! Want want to make some dolls?" Um, <laughs> well, it is distinctive to to note um, before we um, pivot over to your smart doll booth experiences is that the two companies that showed up here are showed up with their anime vinyl styling um, version of their product, which they're clearly going, we think that this is easier for us to try to sell to people this way because of the price point compared, like compared to your, you know, your average resin doll, the production point, the aesthetic point, as well as the fact I, I imagine that they're easier to ship over because they're lighter. So the, Giant boxes they're sending across the ocean to be there as a vendor are much lighter and easier to handle, and you're not worried about breakage. Of course, Danny Chu has an entire different um, idea to fixing that problem. So Danny Chu's booth um, had, I don't know, ten, ten or so, uh, all different dolls, all done in different outfits, including the uh, the Mega Mirai, the... the, the uh, the, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's a very large one. Something Cortex? No, Cortex is separate, different. They actually had two Cortexes there, which I was Ooh, able to see. And um, remind our audience what a Cortex is. Okay, so Cortex is gunpla for dollies. Um, so you still have the same 
exact same interior skeleton and the um, smart doll chest pieces and um, hands and heads will be able to be interchangeable. Um, but uh, the, the main body and the head and the chest piece um, for the ones that will eventually come out are all made out of a very specific type of plastic. He mentioned it on his site. Um, it has a little bit of flex to it, but not a lot. It's a denser. Um, so you're basically building a, a plastic kit style doll. So it's hollow on the inside. You snap the pieces together and you get your dolly. Um, these dolls were, I think it was like 420, yeah, 450 each. Except every single one was spoken for before the con even started. But, of course. But they left the price signs up? I don't well, get it. Well, Smart Doll in the past has heavily kind of worked on their selling model in terms of sort of pre-ordering or anticipatory ordering, I suppose is the better way to put it. Well, it's a little different for these because each of these is a kind of a one-off doll. And they're sold at a price that's a little lower, and then it includes all the accessories that they're displayed with. So oh, it's that's like a lot. It's a really super great deal, and I wanted to kind of get out on one of the Cortex ones, but I was too little too late. Um, usually it was first come, first serve at the con, but then they opened it up to emails, and I was just not Oh, uh, once you do that, fast you enough, know. Um, yeah. unfortunately. That being said, several of the uh, new dolls, prototype dolls, were there, uh, including the cat-eared one that and that we've seen with a. It had kind of sort of the oh my gosh diva style like painting whisker kind of things on the cheeks, uh, and also a, a heterochromia for the eyes. Interesting. And are the ears sort of directly, like, is it a normal head and ears happen to be on top, or? Uh, it's a headband. It's like a cool little headband um, that they put on. Uh, so, uh, at the booth, I also meet, met my friend Shizu-san, who is absolutely in love with all the anime dolls. So hard. So harsh. <laughs> oh, I know him. We've been at a panel he did some years ago. Yes, uh, and vice versa. He went to some of my panels now, and... We're all good friends now. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, um, he, he has a, a YouTube channel and uh, Instagram and Twitter and all the things, so please follow Shisa-san. If you enjoy the uh, vinyl dolls, uh, you will definitely love So I take it that Danny Chu was not in residence at his booth this year? No, he was. Um, the first day, he was kind of slightly absent because he was working on his uh, presentation, and then uh, he did his presentation, and then he was much more present. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yes. I wasn't sure if he was going to be there or not. Yeah, so so he, he indeed, indeed did end up being there. Um, I just did not ask for a picture because, yeah. well... But were they selling were they selling um, the non-Cortex girls as well? Yes. Uh, almost every single doll except the one that I wanted, which was Justice, um, which is a lovely <laughs> cocoa-colored girl with uh, carrot-colored hair. Um, because that mm. was actually... This one's actually from... Danny's own personal collection when I asked. <laughs> and when you say this one, you need to explain. Do I, do I need to explain? Well, I can see it, but our audience can't. Well, I just did. It's a cocoa-colored lovely girl with carrot hair. 
Um, with a, quite the, um, as Danny likes to call them, headlights involved. Um, no, this would be the non-headlight version. There, there are no areolas. I suppose you're right. There are. It is non-headlights, but they're quite impressive. As in, regardless, there, there is two globes of which uh, a light could be attached. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the upper half of this doll's body. Yeah. Um, did he have any of the male male sculpts available that day? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think there was a single guy. Well, I, that's a shame. No, no, yeah, not a single guy on display. It was all the anime ladies. Which I suppose is playing to the lowest common denominator. Uh, no. No, I mean... Some... I mean, they do specialize in the ladies, it is true. Yeah, and I mean, even Volks heavily specializes in the ladies. I mean... This is fair. Also, granted, their market... It's not about being the lowest common denominator, it's just that is their market. They have... It's true. They have these wastes that are non-existent. Um, honestly, the the wastes of the smart dolls almost looks like a little bit more human than the wastes of the uh, Dolphy dreams, if you look yeah. at them. <laughs> Especially like, deter- um, depending on certain um, uh, versions. Uh, yeah, so the Dolphy Dream Dynamite, which is what To Be was released with, looks a little terrifying. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to be, my brain's going to be uh, okay with it or not. Um, one of the things that I was very interested in, though, in the smart dolls was the detail of all the pieces that they were with. Um, oh, yeah. it's That is something that's hard to get a sense of until you see them in person. Uh, yeah. So the, the cool little dog tags, the optional elf ears, the um, How do boxing elf gloves. How work? Um, those are interesting. They, they have a little cavity and they have a little, I don't know what, how to describe it. Like almost like a little finger that's above the ear that goes between sorry goes between the um head and the wig ah and they and Danny said if it it's not due to imperfections and molds and the fact that everything's a little bit squishy you might not have a hundo percent fit but you can always if you don't think it's secure enough use a little sticky tack to secure it further he's always that is something I give him a lot of credit in his design. He's very thoughtful about how of the doll being actively played with and how to create accessories and um, how to build them to be um, as good as they can be while being moved around significantly. Yeah, so some of the things that I was thoroughly impressed with um, was uh, glasses that they were displayed with. Uh, he was working with a pair of glasses that have uh, lenses that can be taken in and out. Um, Ooh, wow. So you can make them rose-colored. You can take them out so you don't have to worry about the shine for the photos. Um, and then he also, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but he, he made some ones that have the uh, the anime smart person scheming sheen to it. So it looks like entirely like white. <laughs> like the <laughs> Basically that. Um, that is quite delightful. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, the bags that they made, uh, the scale bags that they made for these dolls. Is they cool. are beautifully done. Yeah, they're very gorgeous. The shoes, of course, are amazing. Um, the curly-haired wig for uh, the the uh, cocoa-colored uh, dolls was also lovely. I can say this as someone with curly hair myself. It was very fun to see curly hair for the dollies. 
Um, they had one that was more looser, um, more, um, I don't know how to say this right, but slightly frizzier, more natural looking. And then there was one that looked a little one bit more- One with looser curls and one with tighter curls. I yeah. And the, the, the tighter curls, like more highly styled and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so- they had two uh, Cortex dolls on display, and they were both spoken for before I could even get there. Um, even before I might email. And they really, um, being there. having a chance, you took a beautiful image of the side view, which of course, because they are a snap them together into pieces style type of plastic, that means there's a place where those things are meeting that aren't necessarily disguised or sanded down because there's a natural seam line when you put, pop them together. And actually, I find it quite aesthetically okay. Yeah, I mean... Like, they're visible, and I don't think there's a way to not make them visible, but they're not bad. I mean, you could make them not visible by, uh, like, uh, trimming, gluing, and sanding, uh, but then you also might, like, lose the ability to take it apart if there is a pro problem with your, uh, your frame or something skeleton. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't think I ever would. Uh, one of the, the design choices that, uh, Danny did, which I'm 50-50 on, is, uh, he did this thing where he kind of made this seam from the on the thigh come down towards the knee, but then scoop backwards. I'm guessing so that there is was not a visible seam at, towards the front of the knee. But to me, I imagine it might be part of the stability of the knee joint, not popping apart when you bend it. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. To me, it looks weird. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to um, my vinyl, uh, not vinyls, resin dolls, where it just has one seam straight down. But to me, that looks more obvious because it almost looks like a compartment. I don't know why right. my brain is more easily able to erase one than the other. It might just be what my brain is accustomed to. It's probably a combination of familiarity. And also, Danny always had these grand robotic dreams for these guys. So a little bit of robot doesn't go amiss in their design. That's true. And honestly, I've always wanted a robot doll, so... <laughs> Well, let me tell you, Batchicks used to have you covered, but you can still find her stuff around. I know, but I want the original one. And we're talking about um, Batchicks, who it goes by Batchick Batchicks, um, B A T C H I X, who has done, who's an American um, BJD indie artist who does some really beautiful work. Hasn't been releasing anything recently, I think, due to other commitments and um, job hunting. But is most famous, perhaps, for their mini machinas and non-mini machinas of a robot-inspired BJD line that were the additions that Becca's talking about were self-casted in the artist's home. Um, so, yeah, other than that, uh, it's interesting to note the, the difference between the two, uh, basically the two models here. Uh, other than the Danny's booth, uh, the smart doll booth, he did a presentation on basically how to overcome your, your wanting to be safe and happy and then extending yourself into a, uh, uncomfortable situations and so that you might succeed and then overcome your human yeah. nature. Um, wait, I can actually... So like a, more of a business convention style inspirational speaker kind of way yeah yeah here's my notes from it he talked about mind mapping tools um and he was also saying if if customers come first then employees come second and that doesn't help 
He says employees should come first, quality should come second, customers should come third, um, because otherwise bad behavior continues to be curated. The customer should be a business partner. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, so, so this idea that he wants to create a product that is good and thereby he will have customers rather than he wants customers and thereby he will create a product. Right. One coming before the other. Exactly. So he always wants his product to be great. And like he was originally talking about a Cortex release for Christmas. Yeah. That got pushed back because it wasn't going to be perfect. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he's you taking, see with him all the he's time. He's taking a certain type of um, a methodology to business that is, that is, I'll admit, like, that's very admirable to kind of go against prevailing wisdom these days. Especially in Japan. Uh, like, I, I think it's like, instead of saying the customer is always right, they basically, the customer is God. I think was the way he described it. There was that is the prevailing phrase there. So this is even more the antithesis in that area of the world. Yeah. But it sounds like in general, it's interesting to see how Volks, which is innately a bigger kind of beefier, as far as our hobby goes, um, company really managed to bring, and they also do dalpas. Like they have this down. How do you present your product? in a large warehouse space, essentially. So, so, it's something they've been doing for, like, 20 years. So. so, essentially, Danny just brought a bunch of showroom models to show the entire weekend. Uh, anyone that purchased one was really supposed to, if they could, leave it the weekend until, uh, until the end so that they could be there for everybody to see. Uh, he had a few items for sale, but not that many. As opposed to uh, Volk's shop, which had a pop-up shop, including limited dolls that have been sold out for a long, long time. Some Xenosaga stuff, all of the, oh, uh, wow. All of the Vocaloid stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, oh no. Um, I think, especially the Xenosaga stuff. I've always secretly wanted Cosmos really badly. Oh uh, yeah. That might've been one of the ones that was there. Um, and yeah, it's, it was kind of crazy. Cause I'm like, what? How are these not all sold out by now? What is what is happening? What secret stash did you dig into? Yeah, no, this it is feels a lot like, about the. <laughs> it feels like the Disney vaults. We've opened up the vaults one more time. Time, <laughs> I know, right? But it really speaks a lot to like how these two companies, who essentially are creating very similar products to each other, are coming at it from very different directions and sizes. Volks is coming at it from a company that does not have a very open or a very um, accessible relationship with outside of Japan customers. There's a lot, there's people, there's a very significant non-Japanese speaking um, customer base that's not just in the North American continent, but across the world, but their accessibility to their products and limiteds and other things have always been somewhat esoteric that they've been trying to kind of change that lately, but it's always been very tightly controlled. And with Danny Chu, he's coming from a very different perspective. He's always been about the international customer and wanting his doll, like making it as, um, as like, like what you can do by walking into a smart doll store. You can do, if not better by not being in a smart doll store store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I should mention that 
Volks also managed to get a snapshot of me. Um, oh, really? That they posted, so I felt special there, too. I felt so special. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, Danny was like, here's these things, come see more, while Volks was like, we're here, you know what we are, spend up, give us your money. <laughs> We're giving you an access uh, an accessible opportunity that is different than usual. Yeah. yeah. Which is basically what doll pals are. They're like not really a convention space and you can't call them that because they aren't. They're a large scale, specially limited sales opportunity. Yeah. Um which has some of its has had um things happen to, like um there was one year when there was a very like promisingly a secondary market limited being released. I think it was the Am- like one of the a- Amy Ayase's of ha, we've done her mention for the episode. Yeah. Um where someone had hired like hundreds of immigrant workers to stand in line for them and get the numbers so that they could make sure they could purchase as many as possible to sell them later secondhand. Ugh. Which is part of why um, a lot Volks is constantly changing their lottery system for accessing limiteds because things like that happen, and they're always trying to find a way to like what is the ideal way to make these things not be a thing and still appear to be being fair and like equitable to our customer base. Yeah, yeah, because it's on one hand it's fun to go to a dalpa and do all this stuff, and on the other hand you don't want to be like. Well, you came all this way to see the doll pub, but you're not allowed to buy any limiteds because you're not a resident of Japan. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we've been seeing why you will see Volks' stances on international customers fluctuate so dramatically all the time. Yeah. They have a very different way of that they're approaching their business and their business model and stuff. Maybe. But, and having the two side by side in one kind of out-of-context place is very interesting, because Danny Cho knows that if you see his... St- he wants you to see it and go, ooh, I want to find out more, and go to his website and then buy it. Yes, and I think he was, like, he did a little discount for the weekend, and sometimes, I think even last year, he was doing, like, free shipping if you if you purchased it uh, during that weekend or something like that, so... Right, yeah. So He prefers controlling the access to the doll that way. He wants to kind of... Con- like, um, the presentation of his product, he wants to control a certain way, and that's a way for him to control it. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was fun because everywhere I went, there was, there was definitely a lots of the dolls around and the doll owners. Um, I, I put my doll down to go and grab my sister some food. By the time I came back to the booth, there was four dolls that was sitting next to my doll. <laughs> No. What? She, she had found friends and they all just hung out in the booth for a while. And I'm like, okay, this works. Was it just like uh, people who were there were like, oh, let me, can I park this my doll here while I go do things? I, or? Don't, I don't know exactly what it was. One of them belonged to uh, my sister's friend's booth mate. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> who, who was one of their helpers. So like, it was just incidental. And I had met this person probably once before and maybe talked to her about dolls once before. Actually, I had met her when she was doing her own booth. Now that I think about it, I'm sorry. I'm yawning. I'm tired. Um, but That is fair. Um, you both had long, hard days at work. Yes, and I have another one tomorrow. Um, Same. But yeah, so that was fun. And I, I got to see a lot of people and talk about dolls and things and 
talk to some new people about dolls. Uh, there was one point where I had to go to pee and I had to go pee for an hour, but instead I just talked about dolls and I'm like, what was I supposed to be doing? And then my, like, because by the time I had recalled what I was supposed to be doing, my bladder had given up hope. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, yeah, I've been in situations where I was like, I, I would leave, but then, ah, and I'm like, at the end, I'm like, I'm sorry, I need to go. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's okay. My bladder my bladder just stopped sending signals about 20 minutes ago. Everything's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. If it was, if it was, I was in pain, you would have probably not found out and you wouldn't worry about it anyway. Exactly. Oh my so it God. sounds like in the end that you had a exciting weekend on being, being allowed to just be someone who was an attendee of the event rather than needing to run around and, you know, do the panel thing. Yeah, that was fun. Though I did, like, uh, do some food running for my sister, which was fun. Uh, I went to Staples and made some very crappy needs-to-be-redesigned uh, help uh, <laughs> um, business cards for Ningyo Bingo, which I handed out a decent chunk of, actually. Oh, wow. So that was fun. Um Oh my god! I you got to this. meet some people. You got to have get some really nice positive attention, and seems like BJDs are well represented in this anime context. At least the anime ones. Um, like I said, the 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 recognition and everything that I had for the the the, the vinyl one versus me switching over to the resin was like night and day. No one cared about the resin there, <laughs> but uh, everybody oh, was yeah. quite enthusiastic about the other one. So. So it's interesting that way, seeing the context and the role, or at least the awareness that like that type of aesthetic has in the anime fandom. Like even if people did not know what she was, her aesthetic was familiar in terms of statues and other types of figures that people are, have access to. Exactly. She wasn't uncanny valleying people probably quite as hard as a resin doll sometimes does for people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it's. It's very easy to relate, and it helps that, you know, her face was on a lot of the merch and stuff that was being hand out in the merch bags <laughs> to yeah. start your day. So, so that So helped. she was distinctive, and people could connect to her as a character, at least, even if they didn't realize that's what they were doing, because a very similar thing was all over the place. Meanwhile, when you pull out, um... Maya. Maya, she's not in that category. No, no. And there's no, like, entry point into excitement about her. Yeah. For someone who isn't, like, a BJD person. Now, the whole experience was very, very fun, and they, Anime NYC made their own mascot now, and now I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh shit, do I have to make another doll for next year? Oh no, Becca, have you trapped yourself into a cycle of mascots? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, uh, Anna, um... Anime Next has a cute mascot, too. Um, a lot of the mascots for local conventions are pretty good. I know. They're they're very cute and very, very easy to be represented on Dolphy Dreams or, you know, Smart Doll Cortex. Especially when you can just, you know, buy one head, stick it on the same body, yes, exactly. end up with a head collection that's just lined up creepily in your room. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the fun part is I took one of the Crunchyroll bags and I put 
all the costuming for the doll in the Crunchyroll bag. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> so and that's like their permanent living spot. Yeah, so it's it's labeled perfectly. That's the Crunchyroll bag. Um, so so my <laughs> next project might be that and or um, little John the Ark alter Santa. Cause oh, please do. That's a cute design. <laughs> it's really cute. So she has like a tiny little bikini top and she has nothing up there. Why? Because it's a saber related creature. I guess. <laughs> She's And like the, the history of fate starting out as an erotic novel. Mm, I, I guess I did forget that it was an erotic novel. It is literally its origin is an erotic visual novel that was sold at one of the I think maybe even Comitia it might have been. But wasn't the two the two uh genders supposed to be reversed initially? Like Saber was supposed to be male and like uh the the Emiya was supposed to be female. I do not know enough about fate to say yay or nay to that suggestion, but I would not be surprised. Yeah, I heard like the publisher wanted it twisted. Or something. Very possible. Uh, but it was definitely in the doujinshi sort of end of the pool when it first came out. Yeah. Doujinshi game being um, just like made, like, that means fan-made or non-professionally made. Yeah. But, um. So, so anything else you want to ask me about anime NYC? Well, it definitely seems like you felt like it was worth the track. Yes. And you had a grand old time meeting people and having these interactions with industry folks that you have built these relationships with. The one thing I would say, it, it would not be the place for somebody that gets overstimmed. Um, oh, yeah. It got to be the point where I, if I was in my cloud costume, I would not be able to bring my sword. Um, like, I was holding my doll over my head to get through the crowd. Um, oh, boy. I did not see at least 60% of Artist Alley because I simply could not deal the, the, the amount of space in between. Like, there was the allotted four or five foot space in between. Oh, that's not enough for a venue like that. There was a lot of four or five foot space between <sighs> um, the tables. Like, like it, it, you... logically, it should have been enough for people to walk by, but people are stopping in rows and of standing two, and yeah, like, and rows of two or three stopping and standing to look at the art in Artist Alley, and you could simply not get through. It was you need that ten feet. There was lines at every single bathroom except the super secret bathroom that I knew where it was <laughs> because I was there last year, and it was so back and it's like far into a back hallway, so it kind of looks like it's employees only, but it's not. <sighs> It's not. You know, I remember now my only regret. I mean, I have many regrets about not being there. For example, being able to hang out with you and uh, do the Dolphy sort of shenanigans and yes. maybe get tempted into buying a Dolphy dream. Because I felt, I feel like if I would have seen uh, a certain, the, the one Zenigir's one that I'm like, I, I like, I've seen in person enough times, I'm like, that would be what I'd love to have. Mm. I would have been in trouble. But, um, Hirata-san was there. Who is that one? He is the voice actor for Chotetsu and Tiger and Bunny. Ah. Who apparently, and this is completely off topic at the very end of our episode, but apparently he still sends Tiger and Bunny themed Christmas cards to the cast. Oh no. 
like a good like he's he's definitely like the the dad of the oh, of the no. cast. Oh no, oh no, oh no, it's so cute. And he and um the voice actor who it does Sky High who is adorable is on Twitter and very active on Twitter and was talking about how he was overwhelmed by the really cute tiger and bunny like getting getting something from him this this season. Oh <laughs> no, that's super cute. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention the other doll things I did buy. Um which was which was namely I, I did get a a different bust size for my doll. <laughs> That's the Dolphy dream problem. Because they're so interchangeable in terms of the body, you end up with like one of everything. Yeah, I wish other I wish resin companies were more opt to selling busts separately. Um, I can understand why in the way that you make a BJD that's in resin, that's not always perfectly feasible. I mean, I think it is, especially I think it might bodies. be a batching problem, honestly. I guess. I mean, even in the the, the vinyl, you're going to have small batching problems. But um, if you go back to our uh, episode that we had with uh, um, Professor Ashmore, he talked a bit about how they Volks themselves did uh, controls on the colors of the batches, but even oh, then, yes. over time things are going to not yellow. But the there's nice... always going to be drift, and yeah. But then they they like you're going to blush in whatever the head anyway, and they sell mm -hmm. hands and feet separately anyway. I just don't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't get it. I don't know. It would be nice, but for now, Dolphy Dream gives this to us, and now you have even more chastising. I do. I I'm two away from having all the chest sizes. This is amazing. You're just gonna have this collection of body parts, and you Frankenstein together the Dolphy dreams upon need. I mean, it, it's almost. I kind of want one of each head and one of each bus size, and I just like put it on uh -oh. a shelf. Uh oh, Becca. Mm -hmm. Do we have to go back to our why is collecting satisfying episode to explain what exactly is happening to you? Yeah, well, I know it's happening, and I'm not going to resist it because they're only like thirty <laughs> to forty dollars a pop. So <laughs> it's not as bad as a full doll, says me to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps on that note, perhaps we are prepared to wrap up this episode of Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> Yes, so if uh, if you had some fun memories or you saw us at Anime NYC and you want to say hi, uh, you can say hi to us with our Twitter, Gmail, Blogspot, Facebook, YouTube, or via our website. Uh, and all of those is Ningyo Bingo, N-I-N-G-Y-O-B-I-N-G-O. Um, and uh, yeah, just come on over, say hi. We love comments. We love responding to comments. We will talk about things if you want us to talk about them. Absolutely. Um, so, remember, when you go to the convention, they have all the pretty things there that they didn't think looked so cute on the Volks website, but they look really, really cute oh, in person. That's always how it is with me and Volks things! Yeah, no, the polka dot, there was like these MSD polka dot dress. Things. But, 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 remember to keep collecting dolls. But keep a budget. <laughs>